0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Okay, so welcome back. Uh, this is after dinner. Um, so the big challenge for us now is to stay awake. Um, the, the prime wearable is amazing, and uh, I want to thank Neil for some awesome food here, right? And, uh, uh, once again. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> thanks, thank you. So anyway... Um, what we're going to get into is we're going to into step six, but there's a couple things I just <clears throat> I want to just kind of put a um, a little lid, if you will, on step five real quick um, by reading a couple of things that are in our our notes that are stuff from from my sponsor that I think is is really important about step five, and uh, so here, here we go. <coughs> So he says here, when when working with my sponsor, I present my written inventory and we review it together. He can often see a pattern that has previously eluded me. Um, he may point out where I've overlooked selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, or in my personal favorite, fear. He may guide me to see the motives that I've hidden from myself. And he is nearly always the one to see where I demonstrated love, courage, or other admirable traits. Remember, these inventories are to identify our assets as well as our liabilities. <clears throat> I try to provide similarly useful feedback with my sponsees. While I am willing to confront denial, dishonesty, or bragging, I also want to affirm willingness, honesty, and courage. I truly believe that in the deepest steps of our disease, each of us has tried to choose the least destructive options we saw at the time. As we learn better options, we do better. I need to let go of my shame for not knowing what I had never been taught or shown, and I need to support my fellows as they learn to do the same. I frequently share an example of my own poor choices to let my sponsee know he is not unique. When my sponsee is finished, I generally ask if there is anything else that he has been too afraid or too ashamed to share. I remind him that we are as sick as our sickest secrets. Once he has taken this step withholding nothing we review the fifth step promises from page 75 above and I leave him alone to take the sixth and seventh step. So just I think that was um, a nice way to finish our five work and so on from here we go into step six which says we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Now, just to comment on that. Um, if, Kevin, you can bring up page seventy-five. Uh, it talks a little bit about this, but uh, uh, step six is what I like to call a fixing two-step. And if you're from the south, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> if if you live in Virginia and someone says I'm fixing to do something, it means they're getting ready to do something. And um, so <clears throat> step. Step six is a fixing two step. Um, step eight is a fixing two step, and I think one other is too down in the in the numbers. Step two is kind of a fixing two step because you're going to do what you're talking about doing in two on three. See, so it's important for us addicts and especially for alcoholics too, um, but especially for us sex addicts to to have these fixing two steps because. They're talking about doing something pretty serious here, like, you know, I'm going to get rid of all my character defects. Well, what if I don't want to get rid of my character defects? So that's why we have step six. So you can understand why in the heck it even is you need to get rid of these character defects. Yeah, we found them all out in four and five, but just because I found them all out do not mean I want to get rid of them. Right? That's part of it. So, anyway, what's pairing anyway? So, we'll figure it out. We got it. That's something. Sorry about the diversion. But so, six and and eight is, you know, made a list of people we were harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. That's a fixing two step. We don't do the amends until nine. So, six is that way to seven. We're we got to understand, again, go back over what these, what these character defects are and then figure out why we're not all that excited about maybe parting with them. It's, that's a piece of work I need to do. I'm not going to do the seven part until I've done the six part. That's why these things are numbered. They're numbered for a reason. So anyway, going on from there, what, what reading do we have on this?
2: Well, so we, we already read the um, last part of Step 5, Returning Home. Um, and Bill says in his comments that that he leaves his sponsees, um alone to do this, um, which is uh, an option. Um, and uh, but as soon as we're done with step five, um, it says on ta- top of page six, uh, seventy-six. Sorry. If we can answer to our satisfaction those questions that we just uh, read on the previous page, we then look at step six. Right away. Then look. Yeah. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? objectionable can he now take them all everyone if we still cling to something we will not let go we ask God to help us be willing there's willing again um, the big book only has one paragraph on step six one paragraph on step seven and most of that's a prayer um, But we have uh, <clears throat> we have other information in, in the twelve and twelve on how to how to work step six, what to look for, um, and we we have an exercise as well. Um.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so this is an inventory again. Against once we're writing inventories, you know, we're finding ourselves putting things down on paper. So. Um, this is in the essay publication, Stepping into Action, so this is conference approved. And uh, basically, you're running down and listing the defect. And then you're going back to the column next to it, and you're saying, This is what my life is like with this defect. And then after that, you write another column, your vision of life without this defect. And then beyond that, what's my affirmation about this? Um, so it lays it right out in front of you, you know, in as much as, okay this is how my life is screwed up because of the way I'm grandiose or because of the way I'm arrogant or because of the way I'm, um, I'm dishonest or because of the way, you know, you write on down through and you put those things down these are defects that you've discovered in step 5 my inability to, you know my self-righteousness keeps me from being able to forgive anybody you know, I'm, trust, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trusting I'm afraid to trust people and uh, what does that cause? Whatever it might be, you know. Some of you guys might identify with some of those, maybe some of you don't. But, you know, you make that list and go down through it. So, let do those four
2: again. Okay, defect, life, 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 life is life with a defect.
1: And then, what a vision of life without the defect. And then, the fourth column is uh, affirmation.
2: Yeah, and again you can do this in your spiral bound notebook. Um, Left page, divide it in half. Defect, life with this defect. and On the right page, divide it in half. Uh, Vision of life without this defect and then affirmation. And again these affirmations, um, we we did some affirmations in in step two. Um, Do the same thing with these affirmations as well. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of a um, <clears throat> it's it's um, it's it's a way uh, to um, um, reinforce the prayer that we're going to do in, in step seven, um, asking God to remove uh, this defect, be willing to uh, and and to be willing to let go of it. Um, this, af- this affirmation can, can uh, help you be willing. Um, and again, there's this, there's this willing thing. If you're not ready, ask God for the willingness to be ready.
1: Um, there are notes. It says, you know, the Big Book continues with specific suggestions to help us become entirely ready. The White Book covers steps six and seven on one fifteen through one twenty one. We might look into that. Um, Step six requires quiet contemplation of the work we have done. There are several questions in the big book. Uh, Again, these are not rhetorical and we've covered some of those already. The foundation is a complete willingness. Um, The cement is our common solution. The cornerstone is coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves. The keystone is the third step. Concept at the bottom of page sixty-two, and I'm, I'm going to go back to that. Okay.
2: Third step com- concept is. uh Is the idea of uh,
1: quitting playing God, Mm -hmm. letting God be our director. Yeah, it says, first of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new triumphant arch through which we pass through to freedom. So the keystone is um, becoming... Uh, Letting God drive the bus instead of us. Um, Whenever I drove the bus, it was usually upside down and on fire in a bad part of town. Yeah. Uh, Before long. (coughs) So, yeah, I'll take you right into a bad neighborhood. But that's why I've got to have this Keystone um, Principle uh, that was read on the bottom of page 62. So um, once the inventory of, of the defects that I just we talked about, which is found in the step into action is completed, uh, what this will begin to put in place for you is, is the uh, you know, size, shape, and appearance of the way these defects function in your life. And that, to me, is crucial because without that, I'm, I'm a little lost as to what I really should do. I might even miss a couple of defects. I'll be at the least unclear on, on my defects. and It's not a good time to be unclear on your defects. What did uh, what else do we have? Is something in the twelve and twelve, or did you have something in the white book you wanted to cover?
2: Um, nothing specifically, except that we're we're talking about we're talking about surrender again. Surrender seems to be this this word that, that we many people have a lot of trouble with. What, what the heck do we mean by surrender? <clears throat> we're we're getting ready to uh, surrender these defects essentially. Asking God to remove them from us. Um, <clears throat> um you know, God God's not gonna just remove these defects unless we surrender them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean if we're if we're still hanging on to them, you know, God remove this from me. Oh, you still want it.
1: <laughs> um yeah, argue for your limitations, you get to keep them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So so this concept of surrender uh, gets involved again. Um, and that's, the, the White Book talks about that a little bit. Uh, this is a really, really a pretty straightforward step. We've got the defects from, uh, from our fourth and fifth step. That fourth column, um, in, in the uh, resentment inventory, um, and um, and anything else that our sponsor might have um, given us feedback on. Uh, when when I did the fifth step, um, <laughs> Will was driving and I was talking, but he uh, he said, uh, "There's a red pen there in the glove box. Grab the red pen, and uh, right in that right column. You know, the word." whatever. It was a defect. In my case, it was expectations. Unrealistic expectations of people. It's a defect. Um, so with the help of our sponsor in Step 5, we have that list of defects. We can do this this, um, this inventory here, just transfer them to another list and, and do, uh, do this inventory. I don't know if it makes much sense um, To do that tonight, um, possibly later. uh, Possibly later. It it, it, uh, because it really depends on on, um, having done a a, you know a good fifth step with your sponsor. Um, If if you haven't done that, um, there might not be a lot that you can identify.
1: Well, not only that, but if you have not done that. don't worry about it, you, you can make a start on this inventory but just be prepared to add more things to it because if you're like me you're gonna you're gonna have some things pointed out to you in your fifth step review of your four-step inventory that you were just in whatever, what whatever it is, you were in denial about it. you were too close to the forest for the sake of the trees, you've been like this all your life and didn't even know it was such a problem. I mean you know, there's just stuff, that's why I gotta have sponsorship because I just cannot do this by myself, I can't, I, you know it's like so I give them myself an appendectomy. I'm just fine until they give me that general, and then I'm useless in the OR, because I'm out. <laughs> I mean, that's what sponsor, That's what it's like to try to self-sponsor yourself in recovery. I mean, you're fine until you take the sedatives, and it's over. <laughs> it all right. Yeah. So, but anyway, going on in the, in the 12 and 12, I, I want to read a, a segment here, a couple paragraphs, um, over on page 65 in the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. It says so. Step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. It is AA's way of stating the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning on this lifetime job. This does not mean that we expect all our character defects to be lifted out of us as the drive to drinking was. A few of them may be, but with most of them, we shall have to be content with patient improvement. The keywords entirely ready, underline the fact that we want to aim at the very best we know or can learn. How many of us have this degree of readiness? In an absolute sense, practically no one has it. The best we can do, with all the honesty that we can summon, is to try to have it. (coughs) Even then, the best of us will discover, to our dismay, that there is always a sticking point a point at which we say, no, I can't give that up yet. And we shall often tread on even more dangerous ground when we cry, this I'll never give up. Such is the power of our instincts to overreach themselves. No matter how far we have progressed, desires will always be found which oppose the grace of God. Some who feel they have done well may dispute this, so let's try to think it through a little further. Practically everybody wishes to be rid of his most glaring and destructive handicaps. No one wants to be so proud that he is scorned as a braggart, nor so greedy that he is labeled as a thief. No one wants to be angry enough to murder, lustful enough to rape, gluttonous enough to ruin his health. No one wants to be antagonized by the chronic pain of envy or to be paralyzed by sloth. Of course, most human beings don't suffer these defects at these rock-bottom levels. We who have escaped these extremes are apt to congratulate ourselves, yet can we? After all, hasn't it been self-interest, pure and simple, that has enabled most of us to escape? Not much spiritual effort is involved in avoiding excesses which will bring us punishment anyway. But when we face up to the less violent aspects of these very same defects, then where do we stand? We must recognize now. What we must recognize now is that we exult in some of our defects. We just really love them. Who, for example, doesn't like to feel just a little superior to the next fellow, or even a lot superior? Isn't it true that we like to get greed mask We like to let greed masquerade as ambition. To think of liking lust seems impossible, but. How many men and women speak love with their lips and believe what they say so they can hide lust in a dark corner of their minds? No. Even the drunks know me. (laughs) And even while staying within conventional bounds, many people have to admit that their imaginary sex excursions are apt to be all dressed up as dreams of romance. Or, if you're like me, it's more than just dreams of romance. Anyway, it goes on to say, (coughs) self-righteous anger can also be very enjoyable in a perverse way we can actually take satisfaction from the fact that many people annoy us for it brings a comfortable feeling of superiority. (coughs) Gossip barbed with our anger, a polite form of murder by character assassination, has its satisfaction for us too. Here we are not trying to help those we criticize, we are trying to proclaim our own righteousness. And it goes on into gluttony and other things, yeah, so what we're talking about here
2: if if you're um, uh, observant um, in that uh, in, in the middle of page sixty six that paragraph um it, it points out um, what we know as the seven deadly sins
1: mm-hmm.
2: pride, greed, anger, lust, gluttony, envy, sloth
0: mm-hmm.
2: sloth. Um, And then goes on to, to, as Bob was reading, um, explain some of the subtle ways that that we um, participate in these these seven deadly sins. My favorite is uh, uh, how often we work hard with no better motive than to be secure and slothful later on. Only we call that retiring. Uh, Consider, too, our talents for procrastination... Which is really sloth in five sil- syllables.
1: Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's so insightful. Um,
2: so these are these are different ways that our defects can can manifest themselves, it can be subtle. Um, <clears throat> and uh, but but reading um, reading this section uh, carefully can. Um, maybe help you help you realize some of the subtle ways that that uh,
1: your defects are are being manifested so another thing that happened to me is is um the international conventions were in Nashville um a few years back, and Kevin and I went down with a couple of other people, i think twice anyway for sure yeah and and knowing I was going to be in town you know bill bill <laughs> he says all right here here's here's the uh <clears throat> panels, you're either going to sit on or lead, and and so one of them was <laughs> on steps six and seven, uh, and so okay, all right, you know I'm not going to tell him no, and they're all weekend. Come on, you know. So thank you, Bill, and so I had to dive in. At least he gave me enough time, you know, and so I spent a lot of time in the twelve and twelve on on six and on seven because that's where the most writing is in, in the AA materials anyway around these two steps as we were talking about earlier. So at the end of this chapter in the block of space at the bottom of the page 69 there, I had written this about it, which was kind of a guide for me in the stuff we were going to talk about in the panel. And it says, uh, change of attitude sufficient to bring about abandonment of self-importance, abandonment of self-importance that would be placed on our own direction in other words abandonment of my own direction a change of a change of attitude that's what i'm trying to do this is mean it's not written this is me writing some notes so i had written that i i the six notes were change of attitude sufficient to bring about an abandonment of my own direction and focus on god's direction step 6 directs this change of attitude to focus squarely on our character defects and hone in on getting god to help us remove their governing power in our lives. The crucial part is to do six as soon as possible after five. This step is a cornerstone for the development of humility, which is the essence of step seven. So that's why we have a Fix and Two step, because we're trying to develop humility. The only way i can to develop humility is get real with what these character defects are and get real with how come I need to jettison them out of my life. And I don't have what it takes to do that on my own. Because frankly, I sort of like these character defects, some of them. Not all of them. And that's my problem. And whenever I have a problem in recovery, in recovery materials or the stuff I'm being asked to do, I need God, and I need a sponsor. And I need the God and the sponsor to help me look at what for, how come, and why my viewpoint is simply just betraying me. And it's just simply leading me in the wrong direction. And it doesn't surprise me anymore that my viewpoint leads me in the wrong direction. I spent a long time going you know, right when I should have been going left. You know, I'm just—it's just not new anymore. <laughs> so I'm not surprised, which makes it a little easier to get around to the notion that hey, I need to change this. And and so what we're doing again, see how they all build up. That God, I got in two and three, helped me through uh, four and five, is now going to help me focus on these defects. Now we're going to—he's going to answer that prayer. You know, help help me have the willingness to you know get this stuff out of my life. So. That, that's some of the big takeaway on six for me.
2: So, now that we're willing, um, or at least willing to be willing, we ask God for the willingness. Don't have to be perfect. That's right. Don't have to be perfect. Um, we're back to page 76 in the big book. When ready we say something like this and this is the seventh step prayer. my creator I am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows grant me strength as I go out from here, to do Your bidding, Amen. We've then completed step seven. Pretty, pretty uh, simple and uh, quick step to do. Um, and again, if you if you do step six right after, you know, right after step five, you, you know, it it you do step seven. Um, right there with that, with step six. And so in, in one fell swoop, you know you've done um, you, you've done five, six, and seven, and you're ready to get started on eight. Um, don't want to waste any time doing this. We, you know we, I think more people get hung up in the program or or get stagnant or or stop working the program um... because they uh... because they don't do this with enough urgency you know, get through um, you know get through these these steps um, as quickly as possible um, and why would i want to do that because i've got you know i've i've got a disease i've got i've got this uh... This um spiritual sickness that i wanna I wanna get rid of and uh you know I want to get the solution working <clears throat> um, notice in in the seven step prayer. It says, um, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Not, not necessarily every single defect of character, but the ones that stand in my way of being useful. Right. Um there There may be uh defects that we've identified for ourselves that um, there there may be characteristics of that defect that that, that God can uh, change or mold uh, to be useful maybe maybe it doesn't need to be removed completely um, but but we want to remove those defects
1: uh, which stand in the way of of usefulness. So on page 70 of the 12 and 12 it um, is where we see the beginning of the chapter on step 7 and, and again let's just read the step. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Keyword there being humbly it goes on to say since this step is so specifically concerns itself with humility we should pause here to consider what humility is and what the practice of it can mean to us. You know, it's very important because I wasn't ever terribly very humble about anything, or at least if I was, I didn't, you know, certainly wasn't, it wasn't an acting part of my life. Let's just say that. Um, so it says, indeed, the attainment of a greater humility is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps. Hang on a second, what? Indeed, the attainment of, a, of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps? For without some degree of humility, no alcoholic or sexaholic can stay sober at all. Nearly all addicts have found, too, that unless they develop much more of this precious quality than may be required just for sobriety, they still haven't much chance of becoming truly happy. Without it, they cannot live so much useful purpose. <coughs>
0: they,
1: without it, they cannot live to much useful purpose or in adversity, be able to summon the faith that can meet any emergency. Humility as a word and as an ideal has a very bad time in our world. Not only is the idea misunderstood, the word itself is often intensely disliked. Many people have not even a nodding acquaintance with humility as a way of life. That'd be me. Um, Much of the everyday talk we hear, and a great deal, of what we read highlights man's pride in his own achievements. So our dilemma isn't even just our own addiction, it's the world we live in too.
2: <clears throat> yeah, Will used to say my problem isn't so much with, with sex or lust as it is with life.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just Just don't do life. So it goes on to you know, further discuss this. Um, certainly no alcoholic and certainly no member of AA wants to depreciate material achievement, nor do we want to enter into a debate with the many who still passionately cling to the belief that to satisfy our basic natural desires is the main object of life. But we are sure that no class of people in the world ever made a worse mess of trying to live by this formula than alcohol. Because I just take it to free will run riot, just like that. And so in all these strivings, so many of them well-intentioned, our crippling handicap had been our lack of humility. We had lacked the perspective to see that character building and spiritual values had to come first. So this is just more and more and more about this challenge of really getting ourselves ready to you know, say that seven-step prayer. As long as we place self-reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power was out of the question. That basic ingredient of all humility, a desire to seek God's will, was missing. The desire to seek and do God's will was missing. For just so long as we were convinced that we could live exclusively by our own individual strength and intelligence, intelligence for just that long was, working, was a working faith in a higher power impossible. These are absolutes, and it's littered all through this whole chapter on step 7. During this process of learning more about humility, the most profound result of all was the change in our attitude toward God. And this was true whether we had been believers or unbelievers. We began to get get over the idea that the higher power was sort of a bush-league pinch-hitter to be called upon only in emergencies. The notion that we would still live our own lives, God helping a little now and then, began to evaporate. Many of us who had thought ourselves religious awoke to the limitations of this attitude. Refusing to place God first, we had deprived ourselves of his help. But now the words, of myself I am nothing, the Father doeth the works, began to carry a bright promise and meaning. We saw we didn't, we saw we needn't always be bludgeoned and beaten into humility. It could come quite as much from our own voluntary reaching for it as it could from unremittent suffering. Wow. <laughs> Man, these guys got my ticket. So this is all throughout this whole thing. So another one just to finish up in this portion of the chapter is it says the chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear. The chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear. Primarily fear that we would lose something we already possessed or would fail to get something we demanded. Living upon a basis of unsatisfied demands We were in a state of continual disturbance and frustration. Therefore, no peace was to be had unless we could find a means of reducing these demands. The difference between a demand and a simple request is plain to anyone. The seventh step prayer is where we make the change in our attitude which permits us, with humility as our guide, to move out from ourselves towards others and toward God. Humility. where we go when we have the absence of self-direction. And I had never had the absence of self-direction before we covered it. Humility. It's what it feels like. It's what you do. It's how you act when God really is in charge. Humility. It's
0: the,
1: ever, it's, it's the guiding cornerstone principle of Step 7. From stuff. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Bob.
2: And it's what um, uh, one of our friends in, in recovery, uh, Tim H, called um, ego deflation at depth. Hello, One of the one of one of the six spiritual principles: ego deflation at depth. Um, the The other principles being um, moral inventory, confession, restitution for harms done, helpfulness to others, and belief in dependence on god but I, I love that ego deflation at depth it 's like nobody wants to um, you know didn 't the, the big book said nobody uh, few among us wanted to wanted to admit the the ego deflation, or the the,
1: the hit yeah. to the ego. Yep, they,
2: we just couldn't.
1: Who wants to do that? Yeah. It's
2: right here. So, <clears throat> there's... Um, step 6 and 7 seem kind of uh, short, if you look at them in the big book. There's more material about it in, in the 12 and 12, as Bob just read. But don't... Um, don't let that fact stop you from from doing. Uh, d- don't skip st- step six and seven. <laughs> That's not wise at
1: all. That might make for the ugliest step nine one could ever want to have. Oh
2: man, yeah. There's a reason these uh, these steps are numbered, and in the order that they are, um, each each step that we do prepares us for the next one. Um, and if we uh, you know if I skip step if I skip step six or step seven and, and attempt to do uh... step eight uh, I'm just <coughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it, it.
1: no I'm gonna mess it up because I'm not gonna be able to have what it takes to become entirely ready to you know, make amends to those people because yeah. I'm still gonna be busy finding a way to hate them
2: so we're now um, we're now at step eight. Um, take a quick break. Uh, you want to take a quick break or just jump right into this? Why don't you get them started? Let's do that. All right. So step eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. page 76. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps 8 and 9. And the big book puts them together. Um, We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. Remember that that the third part of the four-step inventory, harm's done others. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Oh, not again. We got more self-appraisal. And that's an instruction. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. It doesn't say who we ask, but I'm assuming we ask God. Um, and again, this is, this is echoing the same, same thing we read just at the top of the page. You know, if we're if we're not willing, we pray for the willingness to be willing. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any length for victory over alcohol or lust. We agreed at the beginning. We're ready to go to any length.
1: I like how they keep taking us back to our guiding principles on these things. Yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> so let's, let's go back to our, our 12 and 12 and, and see what, uh, what it has to say about step 8 on page 80. While well, the purpose of making restitution to others is paramount, it is equally necessary that we extricate from an examination of our personal relations every bit of information about ourselves and our fundamental difficulties that we can. Since defective relations with other human beings have nearly always been the immediate cause of our woes, including our alcoholism, no field of investigation could yield more satisfying and valuable rewards than this one. Calm, thoughtful reflection upon personal relations can deepen our insight. We can go far beyond those things which were superficially wrong with us to see those flaws which were basic, flaws which sometimes were responsible for the whole pattern of our lives. Thoroughness, we have found, will pay, and pay handsomely. Um, So, Step eight and nine is talking about amends, and an amendment, an amendment is a change. We're looking for um, for how we should change. We're looking for change to occur in in, in us. I'm looking for change for change to occur in me. <coughs> Um, and uh, it suggests here in, in, the, in the 12 and 12 that um, one purpose of, of doing, uh, of working step 8 and 9 um, is to get as much information we can about me, about my defects, about how, um, uh, you know, what, what I need to change. Um, so when we describe how to, how to work, uh, how to work this step, um, kind of keep that in mind.
1: One one of the things that comes to mind here is in the 12 and 12 on page, um, on page 80, um, by then it's, it's talked about restitution and it's talked about, um, our attitude towards this, the obstacles to it, it talks about um, a lot of the basics of making a list of persons we had harmed, become willing, the whole notion of what it takes to become willing to make amends. And then over on page 80 about the bottom it says, uh, you know, these these couple of paragraphs I want to read for you um, can be used to help write the amends that would be made in Step 9. This is kind of a guideline text for that, so it goes like this. We might ask ourselves we might next ask ourselves what we mean when we say that we have harmed other people. What kinds of harm do people do one another anyway? To define the word harm in a particular way we might call it the result of instincts in collision which cause physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to people. If our tempers are consistently bad we arouse anger in others. If we lie or cheat, we deprive others not only of their worldly goods, but of their emotional security and peace of mind. We really issue them an invitation to become contemptuous and vengeful. If our sex conduct is selfish, we may excite jealousy, misery, and a strong desire to retaliate in kind. Such gross misbehavior is not by any means a full catalog of the harms we do. Let us think of some of the subtler ones, which can sometimes be quite as damaging. Suppose that in our family lives we happen to be miserly, irresponsible, callous, or cold. Suppose that we are irritable, critical, impatient, and humorless. Suppose we lavish attention on one member of the family and neglect the others what happens when we try to demonst- what happens when we try to dominate the whole family either by rule of iron or by a constant outpouring of minute directions for just how their lives should be lived from hour to hour what happens when we wallow in depression self pity oozing from every pore and inflict that upon those about us Such a roster of harms done others, the kind that make daily living with us as practicing alcoholics difficult and often unbearable, could be extended almost indefinitely. When we take such personality traits as those into shop, office, and the society of our fellows, they can do damage almost as extensive as that which we have caused at home. Well, there you go. That was pretty telling. Yeah. (laughs) So make sure you check through that list when you're figuring out how your amends ought to be written, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: And oh, by the way, you would definitely want to get with your sponsor on that before you roll that baby out there, right? Absolutely. We're going to talk about that.
2: Um, An excellent, excellent list of um, some of the ways that we harm other people um, some uh in in some overt ways and in some subtle ways um, <laughs> you know as 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 you read through that, Bob you know I, I couldn't help thinking that well, no wonder these people ended up on my fourth step. <laughs> right yeah i know right uh it's, and it's all of my own making i really just it, kind be surprised like, of surprised at that at all right it's like this uh you know sick vicious cycle that that uh, you know i'm sick and i cause uh through through my harms um we we issue an invitation to become contemptuous and vengeful to those people we excite jealousy misery and a strong desire to retaliate in kind
1: yep <laughs> I'll show you. Oh my God. Uh,
2: so um
1: <clears throat> one of the things I want to add in here too is from Bill from Bill S. Um he says here, I cannot emphasize too strongly the importance of Discussing amends with your sponsor before you can before you contact the person you have injured the white book and the big book both have excellent descriptions of the purpose and actions of this step. Read them carefully and discuss what you read with your sponsor so
2: yeah do not do not forge ahead and contact people that you think you need to make amends to,
1: even if you think you got this down pat yeah, you don't. <laughs> Give Dope. yourself the benefit of a little guidance from your sponsor. Absolutely. After all, you just took this guy through the ex- overexposure to you called your fifth step. the Least you can do is call him about the eighth and ninth. Okay. Right. And you might be the only human on the planet who thought it was a blessing to hear your fifth step too. So you got to really get him, get with him just for that alone.
0: <laughs>
2: So, when writing out the harms you've done, um, review each of the items on page 80 and 81. I'm referring to the, the 12 and 12 that we just read through there. Yes. Write down when your bad temper had aroused anger in others, when lying or cheating deprived others of worldly goods, emotional security and peace of mind, Describe how your selfish sex conduct excited jealousy, misery, and a strong desire to retaliate. Hadn't we just done that like in step four? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Do it do it again. <laughs> um <clears throat> Then catalog the subtler harms listed on page eighty-one, and add any wrongs not specifically addressed previously. This gives you a specific list of the ways in which you have harmed others. This is this is going to be important. It, it's not enough to know that you that you've harmed someone. You, you really got to know how. What 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 did you do to cause harm? What kind of harm did you cause? Um, and the reason is when when you um go to make um direct amends to these people, the ones that that your sponsor is going to allow you to contact, um, you, just just meeting with them and saying, "I'm sorry for hurting you," is not enough.
0: Mm-mm.
2: And that's not the point of this. Remember, uh the point is, is is to really extract all the information you can about yourself and and your um, your defects, your behavior, your uh way of treating people. Um, because that's what we really want to amend.
1: It covers it real well here in the notes, Kevin. You want to get into that part there, the step 8 action. Yeah, step 8 action.
2: Um <clears throat> So writing out step eight is uh, basically writing a script for each of the persons you had harmed. And um, I find that, that, that when I have my sponsees do this, often, often the um, anxiety of, of uh, looking forward to step nine comes up. You know, uh, know, wow, how can I write? Am I going to have to do this? Don't worry about that because we're not there yet. Just do this action uh, of step eight. Um, So one method to do, and and I I like this uh, method as well, is um, to write your amends uh, on an index card. Um, and you'll have one card for each person Um, and on on the card you're going to write a simple script says I know I have caused you this harm and then write each harm specifically and discuss with your sponsor before contacting the person but write each harm specifically. So for example I know I have caused you this harm I lied to you and caused you to worry I was wrong I was selfish in our relationship and did not consider your feelings I spent money for selfish things that should have been shared it's just just an example okay each each person is going to be different depending on how you how you've harmed them Um, maybe I uh... another example might be uh, a harm I've done to a coworker. Um and again, don't don't worry at this point about whether you're actually going to have to say this face to face with this coworker. Right. Um, that's later. First things first. First things first. Um maybe I hurt, uh hurt a coworker by gossiping about him. And and uh and, and basically just um uh trashing his credibility well I know you know John doe, I know I have caused you this harm i uh I gossiped about you, i told lies about you um and it it um, um, caused your uh credibility um, to be um Wrecked, yeah, wrecked,
1: tarnished, <laughs> tarnished,
2: yeah, something. Um, <coughs> I was, I was wrong for doing that. It'd be that simple. Maybe there are other harms that I've done to them as well, but you know that that's that's one example. Then write. So be very brief about that. You'll still have room left on the card to write this question. Are there any other harms I may not know about? next question, do you need to tell me how, uh, how any of these hurt you? and finally, is there anything I can do to correct this wrong? Write this on each card even though those questions are going to be the same on each card you'll have them there in front of you for each uh, each amends, for each person um, that, that you're uh, that you owe an amends to, that you harmed. Once you complete this list Meet with your sponsor to discuss your actions in step nine. You will probably be eager to make some of the amends, especially to those you love. There may be some amends you are not ready, uh, for which you are not ready, and others you feel you will never be ready to make. Um, That's okay. Um, What I suggest doing with these index cards then is going back through them and with your sponsor and if you're ready to make that amend, you're ready to, to actually see this person face to face and tell them how you've harmed them and listen to their response and put a check in the upper right corner. If not, no check. It's okay. We'll put it aside. Um, <coughs> Bill's comments here, and 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 this is this is really the advantage of of us using this script is you get to hear from not only Bob and I but from from Bob's sponsor Bill, another perspective. We've just left this in here. These are these are his notes. Um, Bob says uh, or Bill says, my sponsor suggested that I take the action immediately in front of me and pray for the willingness to take actions in the future which were in line with God's will. As I began making those amends for which I was ready, I became willing to make the more difficult and frightening ones. As I continued the process, I discovered that I was ready to be free of my part with some of those SOBs who hurt me. Finally, I realized that I was willing to make amends to them all. So this is this is just step eight. We're making the list. Um, And we're we're writing out this script. Um, And when we come back to this, actually doing this for for those that we uh, actually meet face to face and and go through the script, um, for these questions, you're going to do nothing but listen. Are there any other harms that I may not know about? Shut up and listen. Don't interrupt. Do you need to tell me uh how any of this hurt you? Shut up, and Shut up and listen. Don't interrupt. And finally is there anything I can do to correct this wrong? So you may not ha- actually have to come up with what you need to do to make the amends. You right. may be you may be told. <laughs> right. Um you may not like it. Um that doesn't matter. Um you're not going to make any promises at, at, this, at this time doing the step nine. Is there anything I can do to correct this wrong? Listen. And then as soon after, and remember, and as soon at, after that uh, event as possible, write it down. Write it down right on that card. I, I don't recommend actually going in with the card and, and reading off the card. That, that's kind of...
1: right. Um, that's kind of tacky. Yeah. It looks too staged and it's not going to be showing up, you're not going to be showing up as sincere. But you'll also notice on there, it, it, does, it doesn't ask you to say I'm sorry anywhere in there. This isn't an apology. This isn't a They're very different. Right.
2: Again, you're looking for, um, you're, you're trying to extract as much information as you can about yourself, about your uh, about the way you harmed uh, others, about your defects. That's the point of asking the other person: Are there any har- other harms that I uh, that I uh, that I may not know about? I might have a blind spot. You know, remind me. Well, okay. So we'll get that to that in step nine. Um, yeah. So. You may not, and notice I said for those people that you actually approach. Um, You know, out of your stack of cards, you go through it with your sponsor. There may be people on there that that you will never approach. You have no right to approach. You have no right to make contact with. There may be people on there who are dead. You still write it out as if you were going to talk to them face-to-face. You know, you can do those um, amends... um, uh, prayerfully at, at, at a graveside um, there may be uh, there may be people on there that, that are anonymous that you, you don't know who they are just you know prostitute X you, you have no way of contacting nor do you have any right to try to find a way
1: <laughs> you know my, my sponsor also you know i was really worried about making amends to the people I' harmed you know because there's all these people, and it's like, oh, no, man, I'm not going to do that. You know, and of course, me, I'm taking everything too seriously, and I'm, you know, taking myself too seriously, and, you know, and I'm just getting all out of hand on this. she he says, wait, 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 hey, got a second, just knock it off already. He says, listen to me. You're not going anywhere near anybody you can't stay sober with, so just know that right off the bat. Ground rule number one. We're about making amends here, not testing the quality of your recovery. (laughs) And oh come on. He says, we'll figure out some sort of indirect amends or something. He says, I'm not putting you in a situation where you're going to be at risk of staying sober. Oh, okay, well, that was good news. And it never occurred to me to ever even do that, to yet again. What do I need? A sponsor, that's what I need. Got to have a guide in this desert. I'm gonna die out. Of it. You know, it's just the way it rolls. So, but you know, I, I just think that um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really intense emotions around the kind of harm that a sex addict can cause, and some of those kinds of harms seem, anyway, unique to our problem. We we blast right through sacred trust like it's nothing, and I don't know that I'm ever going to be good enough to completely understand, you know, what kind of harm I caused with doing that. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna live long enough to learn about that. I do know I didn't care when I was doing it. Because when I was doing it, the only thing I cared about was me, right? That's the only reason I was there, was my own selfish motive. Whether it was pornography or somebody else or top of entertainment or what it was. So this is something we have to be very careful with. But the other thing I've also discovered, too, is folks aren't always, now this isn't always true, but in, in many cases, when you finally approach them, a lot of the time they're less offended by you than you were. They're not as taken aback by it as you might think they would be. And many times they're more than willing to deal with you on your amends and and, and patch it back together. Um, So it ends up many times, maybe not always, but many times it ends up being not nearly as big a deal as you thought it was going to be. So, now you just have to take them case by case. Some of them aren't. Some of them people just don't ever want to see you again. I, I'm, I'm glad you're going through this, but I don't really care. I, this was so harmful to me, I I really could care less if I ever see you again. And it doesn't matter that they do a certain thing a certain way. What matters is that you've done the amends. And we'll get into that in Step 9. Yeah.
2: Notice, nowhere in this script is there anything about how they affected you. There's, there's no... I harmed you... This is not a two-way street. No. There's, there's, I harmed you, but I had no choice. You, you were such an asshole. <laughs> okay? None of that. Um, it says at the bottom of page 77 in the big book, Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the results. Um, and then there's some more stuff here about some, some um, advice uh, about um, legal matters and, and what to do. Those things can be worked out with your sponsor. Um, you, you, know, you can certainly read that. Um, but the basic gist of this is uh, be willing to, you, you have a list of people, be willing to make amends to them, you know how you've harmed them. And you you have that list in a in a stack of cards, um, which you can uh, use to um, to track the you know which ones you're uh, willing to make amends to, uh, and which ones you're not. Um, for those that you're not willing to pray about it, right? Pray yeah. and ask God for the willingness.
1: Yep. Decision yours or your sponsor? No, you'll come together with your sponsor on that. I mean, you know the ones you don't want to do. And it's real likely that the decision is going to be you need to pray about it until you're willing. But that's a discussion that needs to be done with your sponsor because there could be a, a whole dialogue necessary about what, what seems to be the sticking point, why, and do we. Sometimes it's a matter of, of turning back and saying, you know what, we missed that back on some previous step, you know? We need to look back at that. Why don't you write me out a four-step inventory just on that one person? You know, let's look at maybe how we might have overlooked something. Not that you would deliberately overlook anything. It just happens. I mean, come on. Hell, it could have happened since you did your damn fourth step. It takes some guys so long to get through this stuff. So, you know. uh, What's that? Yeah. (laughs) I ain't talking to you. I don't sponsor you. You're good.
0: Do whatever you need, bro.
1: you making food for us. I got no issue with you, man.
2: <laughs> so, we've kind of been talking simultaneously about step nine, uh, making references yeah, to it. They
1: do blend, don't they? they? They
2: do blend really, really well. Step nine is uh, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. This is so important except when to do so would injure them or others.
1: I'm not going to make a good one to judge that either. This is another time when I really need my sponsor.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, And
2: this script that you wrote for each person is not necessarily the way that you're going to make amends to these people. The ones that you have no business contacting, um, you will Uh, work out with your sponsor, some other way to make amends. It's not that you're not going to make amends to those people. You are. You just might do it a different way. Um, I know uh, one guy in the program that um, uh, saw a lot of prostitutes. And there's no way he's going to Make amends to each one of those.
1: Can't stay sober doing that.
2: Um, his amends turned out to be um, to pray for each and every one of them every single day. He would go. He would go to um, uh, his his church or local uh, monastery um, and um, you know spend time, spend an hour there in the morning. Praying, for each of these, uh, uh, each of these prostitutes, each each of the persons he'd harmed.
1: There's a number of ways to make an indirect amends about stuff like that. When when a guy like Kevin's describing um, needs to make amends around this whole, shall we say, uh, group of prostitutes that he has seen over compulsively over a long period of time. Um, There's a number of charities right now a couple for sure that exist in the city of Detroit that exist specifically to meet the needs of battered women or sex trafficked women And anonymous donations can be made to those establishments to further the good work that they're doing to assimilate these women back into some semblance of a normal life and get them out of that cycle Um, some of it's uh, sex workers, prostitutes, some of it's um, a number of different things, so there's this need that exists in our society that's being catered to with you know in a good way by charity, and you can support that kind of a charity that that's a nice way to do an indirect amends for somebody like Kevin was discussing here so
2: one amends <coughs> that I made um, to to a group of people so um, Group of people I had harmed is basically just uh, uh, quote unquote models in in pornography um, and perpetuating the culture of um, the the hatred of women by men or or the objectification of women by men. basically just. You know, making life miserable for, for a whole bunch of people.
1: Um, well, yeah, just like well, consuming pornography.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so one year at Christmas, my family uh, took, on a, um, uh, took on a family in need to, to buy Christmas gifts for them. And um, we were given, this was kind of anonymously, but we were given um, a, a list of, of uh, gifts, needs, that, that this family needed. And we were given uh, the um, gender and age of the, of the of kids. And um, it came to me and my wife to, uh, to buy gifts for... Um, a teenage, um, teenage woman, teenage girl, and uh, so we're we're out shopping, and uh, one of the items on the list was, um, you know, jeans, pair of jeans, you know, something simple as, as a nice pair of jeans to wear, and I happened to call my sponsor Will, and uh, just just to talk to him and say, you know, I'm I'm out shopping for this. For this uh, family need for Christmas, and and he says, "Oh," and and he found out, you know, he he asked about it, and I told him that, that we we were responsible for this young lady. He says, "Oh, Kevin, that's wonderful. Here's what you do. Teenage girls love jewelry, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be costume jewelry, just just jewelry." And so. Go buy some jewelry and stuff the pockets with the jewelry. <laughs> she says you're going to make that girl's Christmas.
1: Isn't that cool? You would have never heard that. You would I, I would have, have you never that. thought of that. No, that's why you talk to your sponsor. But that, <laughs>
2: dad is making an indirect amends by kind of you know reversing you know making life miserable for for young women mm-hmm. to you know doing something to to make them happy. Um, so you, you need to discuss this stuff with your sponsor and, and talk about it and, and come up with some creative ways sometimes for for those that you just can't make direct amends so to. you
1: used to get off the phone with him too and say where does he come up with this shit yeah <laughs> right I mean I used to do some really <laughs> I'm thinking to myself it's got to be Julia <laughs> <laughs> right should be, you know, and I don't care if it is,
2: it's, you know, it was cool. So again, step nine, need direct to, to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Uh, the big book, the white book, and the 12 and 12 have excellent recommendations about this important step. Um, one point which is stressed uh, consistently is the importance of consideration for the welfare of others before contacting the person to whom you are making amends, discuss with your sponsor the exact wrong you have done and exactly how you will make amends. Um, Here's Bill's comment, and this is very poignant. And and I'm hitting on this because this is very important, very important. Um, you, You can really screw things up by not following this instruction. Um, but Phil says here, I believe that anyone who believes himself or herself capable of navigating this difficult step alone needs to repeat steps four through seven on the character defect of arrogance.
1: Ha ha! Ha I love it. Pretty much throws the hey right down where the goats can get it done. Yeah.
2: When approaching someone you have already harmed, perhaps grievously, to make amends, you need to be very certain that you do not injure this person more deeply. Um, How much
1: more of this do we want to cover?
2: So this is this is kind of a it's kind of a difficult um, step to talk about in in um, this setting, especially when um, well, this is this is the reason that when when Bill uh, first came to do this workshop with us, he he did it in two sessions. Um, he came one time and um, uh, we talked about steps one through five and then the expectation was is that you would do that work with your sponsor and come back the following month having finished step five and then uh, talked about the remaining steps. Um, so again, it's important that you, that you do this stuff in order and, and with your sponsor, um, but uh, don't, don't stop don't stop at step 5. Don't stop at step 6 or 7. Um, there, there's 12 steps and we need to do um, all of them. Steps 8 and 9 constitute, um, I should say, steps 4 through 9 constitute the, the, the core um, essence of the 12-step program steps one two and three are getting you ready for four through nine and we'll talk about step 10 11 and 12 uh, tonight and tomorrow morning but those are maintenance steps um, four through nine is really learning how to do this you know this design for living um, which we're going to continue to cycle through with um,
1: one of the one of the things that happens upon... of of solid working of step nine is is that you begin to realize that you're a free man. Yeah. You've got your side of the street playing now. I want you to sit and think, has that ever happened to you before? Yeah, that's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. To be free of that bondage of the guilt and shame of of,
1: of all the harm that I have done to others. Yeah, I mean, I got done with all the Step 9 work I had to do at that time. And I was like, wow. Yeah, it's like not getting any bills anymore in the mail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i got to figure out how to get that to happen, right?
1: Yeah, I'll be living under a tree in Royal Oak. But <laughs> but you know, I maybe it'll even be worse probably. I don't know. But see what I'm saying is, is it this it's this enormous weight that comes off of you. Of you know <clears throat> which to me is worse than being in debt because you know, that they just want their they just want your money. that's you know, what we're doing here is is cleaning up big messes that we've created. That's that's a lot different than owing somebody money. I mean unless you really screwed up the owing money thing really badly, then it's on your step nine, but and Bill talks about that too in here, but um, you know, for the most part these these amends are uh, this is a this is a pretty big deal. And I'll bet every i bet to the man none of you have ever done anything like this before in your life. I certainly hadn't. Gosh, if I did anything about it, I kept adding to it. You know so
2: it's a big deal and if we fail to do this step oh, there's always that part too man um, the, the, the fear from these will continue to hound you and, um, and it's very very likely that um, that you'll relapse and go back out there that that you know you won't that you won't recover very likely. Doctor Bob didn't get sober until he finished his nine step amends. He didn't know they were nine step amends at that time, but um, uh, in recounting what he
1: did, we realized the things that he had gone and done prior to completely ending his drinking were the nine step amends.
2: Yeah. He was out. He was out making. It, it's kind of funny too because it was it was early, <laughs> early in his recovery, and and, and Bill Bill and and Doctor Bob's wife were, were concerned. He, he was out, you know. He was out gone late. Gone for
1: a while. Gone yeah. for a while,
2: and they were concerned that he was out on another bender. Sure, they were. And he comes home, and uh, Bob, where have you been? They're making amends to people, paying my respects, doing the right thing. Making, making the wrong right. He'd been out, he'd been out making all of his amends, and then he got sober, stayed sober. You can uh, read about that a little bit in uh, in Dr. Bob's opinion, uh, not Dr. Bob's opinion, um, Dr. Bob's uh, nightmare, the first story in the back. Um, He talks a little bit about about his story. Um, so don't don't skip this step. Don't uh, you know, don't try to um, dodge any of the consequences uh, just to save your own tail. But by the same token, uh, don't don't be reharming others. You're not doing yourself any favors by overlooking this. Um, okay, so that concludes Step 9, and uh, I think we'll take a break now and come back and talk about Step 10, um, and that will, uh, will conclude the day with Step 10, um, and then tomorrow we'll, we'll cover Steps 11
1: and 12.